right, hello everyone and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty and joining me today for this very special conversation. I'm very excited because these are two of my favorite people in, in the YouTube hip hop landscape and just the hip hop media landscape in general. So first, a guest you know as Don, formerly, formerly known as Noisy Images from YouTube, now the most unruly, makes excellent YouTube breakdowns. Don, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good, man. Last Glad- time we talked was uh, was Kendrick conversation, so it's, it it's been a while. It has been a while. A lot has changed. A lot has changed. Um, Thanks for having me. No problem. And next I want to bring on is you guys know him as Justin Hunt. You know him as the company man from Empire. He makes great breakdowns. You know, if you don't know him, punch yourself in the face. It's my guy, Justin <laughs> Hunt, the media man. How you doing? Word up, man. Thanks, Chris. That's dope. <laughs> yeah, man, it, this this collaboration's been a long time coming and when I was thinking this up, uh I couldn't I couldn't imagine two other people to have on this podcast than you guys. So I'm excited to get this going. All right, man. You all got right. me all pumped. <laughs> Word up. All right, so the question we're 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 discussing right now is do artists have a prime? So to kind of give the backstory of where this idea came from. Uh, This topic is something I thought about a long time ago. It originally sparked my mind back in 2016 and 17 when I seen the growth from Kendrick with all the features in 2016 where he got hyperactive and had this year where he had almost a perfect year having the best verse on almost every song he appeared on. But in my opinion, too, the really dough on Danny Brown and No More Parties in L.A. on The Life of Pablo. And then 2017, he drops a monster album, Damn!, which uh, which we debate which we debate a little bit off air if that's his best body of work, but clearly it's up there in the conversation. And then I, I kind of sat on the back burner with this idea for a while, but then when Cole dropped KOD, which Justin Hunt had an excellent breakdown of it being the most important album of 2018, uh, and Cole getting super active with features and really kind of returning to his height, I thought KOD is great, but it's not better than 2014 Forest Hills Drive. So then I started to think about J. Cole and what would we look back and consider his prime. And you guys know I'm I'm an NBA fan, so I look at this through an NBA lens. And the Mm. media industry is is a competitive field. So when there's a competition, there's a level of performance to be measured. And we're all aware of the old saying that hip-hop's a sport anyway. So looking from this perspective, to me, a prime is a window of consecutive years as someone's performing at their, their highest levels. You look at LeBron James, four years in Miami, plus right. his two in Cleveland. Uh, arguably his prime included last year when he was amazing in year 15. But there there are a few exceptions, which we'll get into first. But first, let's start with the premise. So this conversation will be breaking down again the idea of artists having a prime Let's start with the foundation. Do you think artists have a prime, and what do you define as their prime? Uh, Don, I'll start with you. <clears throat> I don't think all artists have a prime necessarily, because some people just don't do well at all. Uh, but I think a lot of our favorites, for sure, have a prime. I mean, when I think of a prime, immediately I think of uh, I think of Eminem, and I think of Slim Shady through Marshall Mathers LP mm-hmm. and M- an Eminem show. Like that was just. And just like not only that, but like the popularity that came with it, it was just like he was this ubiquitous figure that like no one could run away from, and he was dropping amazing music. So it was like that, and then right after that, we started to see, 
him slowly kind of regress, you know, whether it be because of drug abuse or whatever. But, you know, Encore came out and everything else started coming out and people you started to look back and it was like, huh, it seems like his best years were the first three albums. So that would be, I think, one of the classic examples of, of seeing an artist in their prime as of recently, I would think. Yeah. And maybe it's not it's not that recent, but, you know, it's recent enough, more recent than Pac, you know. But then you have, you know, if you're talking about Pac, you know, you got like, you know, when All Eyes on Me was out, like that was that was everything like and it was such a short prime, too, mm-hmm. for him, you know. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they definitely do have primes. It's funny, though, to watch. Um, not funny, but it's really interesting to watch, like how long they last, how short they can be. Um, how some artists can just go on forever, you know? I feel like Drake, depending in that, oh, that might be a different conversation, but... Yeah, know, that's, Drake, something, that's something we'll get into in a, in yeah, a little we, we can get into him later, but that's, you know, kind of how I feel about it. They definitely do have a prime. I think some are much easier to spot than others, and I think it's fair to say that some artists never really reach that point. I think there's a lot of artists that live under their potential mm-hmm. for, like, their whole careers. Okay. And Justin, now, what do you think about artists having a prime? Because to me, when I broke it down, I kind of listed these potential factors. So feel free if you think there's any other ones. But I kind of broke it down into the the factors of commercial success, accolades, their best projects, albums, bodies of work, whatever you want to call them, their popularity, and then their creatively, their writing, their recording. Are they are they more versatile? Do they have more sounds to play with? Things of that nature. Um, mm. what, are there any other potential factors you, you would, uh, use to kind of measure an artist's prime? Uh, I mean, artistically, I think it, it's a broad conversation, right? I went to the NBA at one point, right? I never made it to the NBA. I still <laughs> feel like I had a prime though. Right. You know, I had a couple summers where I was really killing kids on the court. Who knows <laughs> how, how, how dope I was overall. And I think that kind of applies to any kind of artist. Uh, I think that when I think about an artist prime more than anything else, I think about them being at peak powers, meaning how effective are they at what they're trying to do, All right? So let's say we take Eminem as an example. I feel like Eminem, after I think uh, Don, when Don was breaking down as his prime, I completely ab- uh, agree with. And everything after that, I felt like he was kind of trying too hard. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. felt, even though I think Relapse is a great project, I think he was really trying to get into the beat. He was spending all this time... Yeah. Like, these years talking about he wanted to get into the beat and maybe that was something that was important to him as a technician and on a lyricism technical scale he achieved uh something that he was striving for yeah but it wasn't prime eminem in my yeah to have a disconnect from your audience and i think it is possible to out think your audience outgrow your audience or, or push too far past where they are where they've been or don't really want to go. I think Revival is another good example of that, right? Like, you know, Revival is him making a message. It didn't connect with his audience, so he had to come back the next year with Kamikaze and gave his quintessential Eminem. The guy who just comes around, talks a whole bunch of dunk, junk, is mad at the world, <laughs> and lets everybody know about it. Yeah. And, ev- and even with that, even with the success of that album, we still heard a lot of those same criticisms. The way he raps, the the technique, the technical nature right of his delivery i mean the typewriter flow these kind of things were still around so as successful as that album is and as much of a comfort felt like i think it's really difficult to say even that is his prime and i think the two of the bigger reasons that is the case is because 
one prime also i think includes where the majority of your fans are when they had the most time to care right so it's like mm. it's you know when you look at music when i used to work at mcdonald's i i made 119 dollars every two weeks right so i only worked on the weekends i made 119 dollars every two weeks and that 119 dollars every two weeks went to a polo shirt a video game and a cd every <laughs> two weeks right and so that's just when i had disposable income so i had enough time to care not only about the music how the music was affecting my life but also to put pieces of my life into learning about the life of the artist i'm not sure how dope or amazing eminem will ever be again i, I don't think how about this i don't know if eminem can ever be as dope to as many people who care the most about him as he was in his what i view as uh, what and what i agree with don on right so even though someone's talent may continue to grow or they're able to do things they weren't able to do previously if people aren't invested in you for one reason or another in my opinion that's when you start to see artists it's their prime yeah I, I agree 100%. You guys both brought up Eminem, and that, that's a great point. I totally agree with you guys. I think he's one of the, the greats that has a very clear prime. Um, and, and that's kind of what I did when I was researching for the for this podcast and kind of coming up with my thoughts was I looked back at all the greats. Um, obviously, I had to, you know, uh, kind of separate some, some like Biggie, some like Pac, you know, that, that Big L, great artist that had untimely deaths that, you know, affected their bodies of work, uh, that obviously affected their bodies of work and, and their career. So I, I kind of broke down Eminem was one that had had a clear prime. Um, let's talk about Don, you'll love this one. Let's talk. Let's talk about Kanye. So Kanye was one that was that was interesting to me. Um, w does he have a clear and it's a long prime. But when I thought about it, to me, his prime kind of strikes from 04, the emergence of college dropout, all the way up to Watch the Throne. Because at that point, uh, he did not have a single release or, or a body of work that was, uh, that was you know, critiqued or, or received uh, less favorable reviews. I mean, all of them on Metacritic were positive. Uh, you had 808s, though. Yeah, but even that received even that critically received retroactively yeah retro definitely retroactively there was True. a lot of it was a lot of three out of fours three out of fives on that 808 time when it dropped um yeah. yeah and then you also had just a lot of general audience hate yeah that's true um, um i mean i'm not i'm not gonna lie I mean, i'm a huge kanye fan but i i didn't get into 808s until like two years ago really so it just you know it just didn't hit me you know that way I mean, it, it, it was never like oh like this album's terrible. It was just right. like, it's, it's just not hitting with me. And then, you know what? If you get sad enough, <laughs> if you get sad enough and you play an album like that, it, it will hit you. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true, man. But going back to the prime, though, uh, I, yeah, I think I was thinking about this, too, just because, you know, as a fan in your mind, you're always just like, he's always hot at all times. And I think talent wise and musically he's always hot but the thing is is that we are reaching a time where he the real prime to me with kanye was definitely once again the first three albums graduation i don't know if he's ever been bigger than graduation he may he may be because of social media and stuff but musically i feel like that was the pinnacle hmm. i could be wrong 
a lot of people toss dark fantasy into that. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, and I would I would as a fan. I just wasn't sure if you know if that's how everyone else felt. You know what I mean? For it to factor. I mean, if you look at Dark Fantasy, he needed a lot of help on that album, right? Like that was really him stepping into his Quincy Jones era. Yeah, you know, he's hanging out with he's hanging out with Pusha T. Mm-hmm. Every flow on that album sounds like the Pusha T flow to me. Then <laughs> he calls in twenty different producers and everybody cool in music, and they go hang out in Hawaii and they put this album together. You know, so <clears throat> it took him a lot of help, but he had to bounce back. You know, he's a master of self sabotage to give himself. Right. Push forward with, and I, I would put that as part of his prime because I would put Ada Waste in there as part of his prime, even if the reception wasn't uh, unanimous. I don't think everyone was all in agreement. Yeah. Paper, but I do think that artistically and creatively, it pushed margins and also pushed him to a place where we hadn't seen him yet. Yeah. Closest we'd seen up to that was maybe flashing lights, you know, or some random auto, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some auto tune leak or something. But um, you know. Be- being around, you can see his his change it. You know that's the that's the Kid Cudi project. Everything after uh, Dark Fantasy to me though is wrong side of the bell curve, including Watch the Throne. I really? think that's some, one of the most tone deaf projects ever. You have millions of people across the country and across the world suffering through a financial crash, losing their homes. And here come two of the biggest guys in rap showing up saying, "New watch alert, Cubo." <laughs> They're up here wrecking. Bentleys or whatever in the videos. <laughs> I'm like, of all people to show up with this message, this is y'all at this time. You know what I mean? Like this. this but uh, how, this how many crazy. how many people fell in? How many people fell in love with it though? For that fact that it's because we were all so broke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know. For me, it was, and that's how I always felt. That's like giving the syringe to the heroin addict. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, but you know it's kind of how I felt. It's kind of it's kind of braggadocio. Rap has enough of braggadocio. It's kind of how I feel about Jay, though. You know, there's so many times he raps about being rich. I'm nowhere close to rich, but you know, it's it's like the, it's that superhero story. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, partially, I, it's aspirational rap, and that's what they call it. Aspirational rap is bullshit. Fifty got rich. You gonna die trying? <laughs> yeah, but there's still a kind of a mythology to it, sort of. You know what I mean? I mean, it could be done really well. I think the blueprint is probably one of the best blueprints of aspirational rap to me. Because you actually explain how to do stuff. He's counting off how he got his money every summer. One million, two million, three million, four million. At yeah. least make it seem human. You know, it's one thing if you're yeah. like, yo, this is how we're going to do it. This is how you should do it. How you look at the world. This is how yeah. things. And it's another thing when you're in your ivory tower throwing down chicken bones to the please <laughs> you know it's like especially at that time right but I, I, there was also something though thing they could truly talk about anything and they're going to sell out of records <laughs> true why why do we need more of the same yeah i don't know i feel i feel like it stands out pretty well but you know that's just me yeah and then the, re- the and the bigger reason i think it's on the other side of the bell curve at that point away from just my opinions on the music. I mean, obviously, it's got hits on it, right? So right, that's right. what I'm talking about. But tr- that's also when Kanye starts talking about shoes and clothes all the time. That's mm-hmm. why they called that song Paris, because they were in Paris. Because Kanye is up here <laughs> right. trying to So Kanye is not even spending as much time talking about, <laughs> worried about rapping or making beats. So I think that's why it's been such a stark fall, in my opinion, what I 
described as Starkfall. And I'm a huge fan of Yeezus. Huge fan of Yeezus. But I would look at Fall because he's not even putting his all into this creative... He's be the guy who tried harder than everybody, even if he didn't say so. And now he's trying harder than everybody at somebody else. And it's starting to show up, right? He used to drop, he used to, he used to drop knowledge in his raps. Now he drops gossip kind of pull the scope back and, and look at this in, in the context of the of the conversation here uh, then what do you kind of attribute as his prime is it just the the whole body of 04 to 2010 or is it or is it maybe 08 to 10 when he's when he's got you know 808s and or is it before that up to 808s is it is it like like Don said is it just college dropout late registration graduation? What do you what do you kind I, of consider his prime? I, I personally give him until Dark Fantasy, because I think all of those albums had a major impact, and mm-hmm. they were all solo albums. I don't think he's had an album that's made an impact nearly as close to any of those that was a solo album since. I think Cruel Summer had a big moment, a few big moments, a big impact. I think Wash the Throne definitely did, even though I'm critical of the content. But those were those were collaboration albums. Jesus didn't hit like that. Pablo didn't hit like that. Yay, yeah, he literally said slavery was a choice. It went on the craziest press spree ever, and Yay didn't hit like that. He put out an album every week for five weeks and didn't get close to the musical impact that any of those first four projects, five projects made. So I consider those five his prime. Okay, and, and Don, you you consider his you consider his prime. What is it? Just late regist or college dropout, late registration, and graduation, or would you also extend it to the full scope? Um, me personally, as a fan, I would extend it to uh, um, to Dark Twisted Fantasy. But I, in my mind, when I said the first three, I was kind of imagining more just like the general hype. You know, the whole you know the way that. When like when graduation stronger came out, you know that was everywhere, you know, and there was the whole him versus fifty, and he sold more than fifty, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but but yes, artistically, I would go. I yeah, I would also go to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Um, I love Watch the Throne, but like Justin said, it is a collaboration album, so I don't necessarily like. I don't look at it that way as I look mm-hmm. at the other albums. Um, and I love every album he's ever done, but I completely understand why everything after um, Yeezus and afterwards, you know, has, you know, it's a different, it's a different Kanye. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys in the conversation mentioned Jay-Z and Jay-Z to me kind of transitions to an interesting part of this conversation where we talk about primes and with Jay-Z, it's, it's a little it's almost a little different. It's almost like he has a, a prime and then this second, this, this second prime or second peak. I don't know what you want to call it because he has, he has the run of, you know, 96 to 03 where he's dropping pre every much, everything he's dropping as has, has great um, critical reception. It's selling, he's dominating the charts, all of this. Then he retires after the black album in 03. Then he kind of fumbles a little bit with the comeback, but now he has, now he has this, you know, four, 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 and the Carters, and all, and all these guest features that are making waves, and he kind of just reestablished himself at 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 the top of of the rap game. And so, to me, I, I mean, what do, what do you consider? Do do we say just his prime is ninety six through oh three, or or whatever years you want to argue, and then we say this is the second peak? Like, how do how do we 
contextualize these artists that have a have a uh, a prime and then almost like a second peak. Jay Z's weird though, because he's got. I feel like his uh, music really ebbs and flows. Like you were mentioning, like ninety six to two thousand three, but like in my lifetime, volume one, you know, was is it volume one or is it volume two that people didn't like that much? Volume one, right? Volume one, right? <laughs> they didn't like two either, right? But but hard knock life. Yeah, but Hard Knock Life, right, is is the one that like brought, like, oh my gosh, like Jay Z is gonna be huge. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, we all knew he was gonna be talented, but like, even as like as a kid, like I wasn't I wasn't listening to Jay at the time, but like back when that came out, like you heard it, it's like, oh my god, like who the hell is this? This is so dope, you know. And and I feel like, but you know, then you also get things like Blueprint Two, and you get the Dynasty, and you got um kingdom come like there's so many like eh you know going on in between all of that so try to find a peak for me if we're talking about bodies of work is a little difficult when it comes to jay yeah um and, and there are other artists like this uh justin I'll, I'll throw it to you in a second but there are other artists that kind of fit this realm like uh push a t you can argue you know he has the breakout with the clips and then and then you know now he has this Daytona and who knows if, if this is like the second emergent if this is going to lead to like a, a, a second window for for Pusha T and you know Two Chains is an artist who's had a very long career people don't really realize how long his career's actually been Royce right. the Five Nine you know had Bad Meets Evil Slaughterhouse and then kind of took a step back and now he's got layers and book Orion and all these these awesome albums prime to the bar exam for he's putting out these awesome bodies of work and i feel like he's at his best now um but but these are artists that have all kind of had second second prize justin how do you how do you think you judge these art these artists when it comes to their prime i think hove's prime is blueprint to black album there you go that's <laughs> it i think that's that's I exactly that's it I think that's the only time he's really came super correct back to back, um, and even that has an asterisk because Blueprint Two's in the in the middle of those. No, yeah. that's true. <laughs> and that yeah, yeah. should have. But that problem, the problem there was too many songs. <laughs> you know, I I also love American Gangster, but that's after Kingdom Comes. So. Right, and that's yeah. that's that's the ultimate alibi album ever. <laughs> Wait, what? Do you, ooh, Chance to sell. What do you mean the ultimate alibi? How does a rich guy get to sell drugs again? That, that's, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's make it his movie soundtrack. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Look at me selling drugs. <laughs> Give me that reasonable doubt fear. Yeah. Yeah. Hated it when I was. Yeah, hated it when I was hanging with NASCAR drivers. Right. <laughs> Let's start selling crack again. Heroin dealers. Ah, we <laughs> did it. <laughs> we did it. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I look at those two as this prime, and I agree with you. He he hops around after that. He is super consistent because he's so successful with singles and guest appearances. Yes. And he never yeah. goes away, which is something that Drake is doing, which I think is always a, a testament to him rapping great. I still put value on albums. I still, I still think that if you could make a project, if you, could put, if you could give me 10, 12, at this point, 6, 7, 12, yeah. 20 songs, and I just want to rock with them, that means to me more than, you know, having a, you know, one of the hottest songs of the summer or whatever yeah, yeah i agree with that 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That's that's very well said, you know. And you know, again, kind of looking at these through an NBA scope, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, artists kind of remind me of, you know, NBA players like Grant Hill, um, even maybe Derrick Rose, depending on if this year is the start of something, of something special for him. Where it, these are players that you know it's a, a different circumstance with injury, obviously, but they have a they have a prime or they have a peak in it, and it might be short lived, but then they have this this kind of second life, and it's it's interesting to judge these things. And you know, Drake, Cole, and Kendrick, that's a conversation that I want to get to, actually, mm-hmm. before we kind of get to that part. We first got to look at how do we sum up our prime? Because to me, after looking at all these examples, and I looked at other artists like Wayne. Um, you know, Nas, uh, Ti, all all these different all these different greats, and to me, the kind of cl- conclusion I came aw- came with when it comes to measuring an artist's prime is, I believe an artist is at their best what or is at their prime when they're at their best create creatively and critically acclaimed because commercial success is important. You guys talked a lot about it, and uh, popularity is important. But to me, those can kind of be determined by a lot of outside forces, such as label budgeting, label push, you know, radio, and then streaming. Uh, streaming's totally changed the game, uh, you know, w- with with Jay and even Jay Z, you know, doing the deals with Sprint. And shout Samsung. out to everybody faking their streams. Yeah, shout out to everybody faking their streams, you know. Um, but you know that's really changed the the market like the music industry is still trying to figure out how um to properly add adequate streams to album sales uh the rates have actually changed as far as as far as the rules um for for number of streams to equal an album sale um it's changed from 2015 on right. and so you know often so often you know i i find i find that area hard uh hard to measure because there's a lot of external forces so I believe it's kind of when an artist is creatively at their best and critically at their best. And Justin, that's what you just spoke on. So um, is that what you also consider an artist's prime then? I generally, I mean, I think it's what's interesting is for most artists, most artists, there is a correlation between their first five years or their first X years and the level of skill they tend to show. And maybe not skill, maybe skill is wrong, but at least the level of creativity and imagination they tend to show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I used to feel like every artist has five years to turn into Drake, <laughs> then their ceiling is probably going to be Freddie Gibbs, which is the ultimate compliment, because Freddie's an incredible MC. Yep. He puts out yep. awesome projects, but he never had that light. He never had that celebrity. Right. He never, since then, right? And... That to me is has a lot to do with what you're talking about, Chris. All these other factors, um, and even when I see artists like Killer Mike, for example, right? He's someone who I'm not sure he's rapping better than he used to rap, mm-hmm. but he's definitely putting out better projects. He mm-hmm. found he found new branding and was able to increase his profile. So it looks like this might be his prime, but I'm not sure. <laughs> like I'm You're not right. sure if this, I'm not sure if this is Killer Mike and LP's prime right now. You know what I mean? I definitely feel like this is Royce's prime. I think yep. he's gotten a lot better as an MC, and he was always incredible. And he's finally getting acknowledged for it. But when I look at the artist prime again, I I do look at that point in time where 
your fans care the most. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's why I, I, it's tough for me to just limit it to artistic. Because Killer Mike's fans, more, for example, he has more of them now. More people care now than ever before. But I'm not sure he's actually rapping that much better <laughs> or worse than, you know, you look at some of the early tapes, like the Pledge tapes or whatever. If you listen to his stuff with, you know, Purple Ribbon All-Stars or the Outcast stuff, he was always incredible. <laughs> I'm, yeah. not sure, yeah. I'm not sure he's that that much doper as mm. much as he's found, you know, um, and he, he finally found an audience, right? And that's the thing I think is so, for example, and if you look at, like, just take Lil Yachty, for example, right? I could be wrong. This is no disrespect. I feel like Lil Yachty is colder than ever. I feel like yeah. he's on the wrong side of the bell curve. I feel like the next project that he comes out with, we're not even going to know about it. Yeah. And I don't hear anyone talking about it. I don't yeah. I think I think his fans outgrew his sound. Jeez. I think if we look three, four years ago, let's say I was let's say I'm a Yachty fan and I'm fourteen, I'm eighteen now. I'm Damn. not sure Yachty is speaking to what I'm talking about right now. I think I like my old Yachty songs, but the new stuff he's putting out doesn't really connect with my life because I listen to all these artists and I listen to these projects and Yachty sounds like he's kind of making the same songs. Mm. So I feel like that is when you start to lose your prime, even if you know, your skill might not have diminished. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that that's makes an sense. excellent point. Um, Dad, so what would you, what would you then consider an, an artist's prime to kind of sum up your, your thoughts on that? And then we'll transition to uh, the Coles, the Kendricks and the Drakes, because you guys brought up a lot of points that tie in with, with this part that I'm about to go to. But first, Don, go ahead and uh, kind of state where, where you're at on an artist's yeah, prime. Yeah. I think it really just has to do with, yeah, being, at the top of your own game, whatever that is, while still having like the maximum reach possible and having your audience really be receptive of it, you know, I think it's cool when you like, you don't want to be like making dope shit that no one hears about, you know, and I don't think that happens too much necessarily, but we were kind of talking about Eminem for an example, you know, like, uh, like Justin was saying, like, if his audience, you know, is kind of like dwindling and he's like, still is like rapping better than everybody else out there. It's kind of like, it's cool, but it doesn't really fit in your prime. You know, even if you learned how to rap better than you ever did before, like if the audience isn't there anymore and it's not resonating, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of put that into that um, category. So I just think that, you know, like if we were using Kanye as an example, like, you know, a big reason why we all talked about Dark Twisted Fantasy is because, you know, that's a creative that's a creative peak right there. And so, yeah, I think if you can uh, reach a creative peak, stay there for a little while and still keep your audience uh, entertained, I think that that's a good uh, criteria for uh, for being in your prime. Yeah, like yeah. tech, like tech nine. Right. I, I, I'm not sure. I feel like tech nine has more fans than ever. I'm not sure if he's rapping worse. I wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. No, I have a few Tech Nine projects that I love more than others, but he stays on the road. Everybody in Washington loves him. They <laughs> love him. You know what I mean? Idaho, he got Idaho unlocked. Utah, untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> he's been Forbes listed forever. He's got cosigns and shout outs from artists at every level of the game. He was at the forefront of all the independent movie, movement, and he, he's getting more plaques now than ever. He has, I think, two gold and a platinum plaque now for different tracks. And, and to me, he is technically where he is. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's got more fans than ever. 
He probably does. You know, I feel like it. You know? Especially in the age of the internet. Right. And 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 because of the type of fans he has. Mm-hmm. Right. His fans are... Super dedicated. They are. And I'm not sure... He's one of those people... He and Eminem, to me, are interesting because I feel like they are two rap, two super MCs who I question whether the majority of their fans are also into hip-hop, broadly speaking. Right? I feel like yeah. Eminem and Tech Nine have fans who love them. <laughs> but I hate rap, but I love Tech Nine. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. I can listen to Tech all day. Right. Yeah, so I feel like he might be, you know, he would. he's arguing in his prime. Now, if we just look at, you know, the impact he's had on his audience, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, it, it can be a, it's in a, I, I think, you know, and, and the thing that, the pattern that I like that's happening is that obviously hip hop is getting older. So I feel as though while it's still youth focused and obviously from an economic standpoint, marketing standpoint, Point. You'd rather focus on the people who have the most free time and disposable income. Mm-hmm. So it'll always be young, but there is an audience for <laughs> older artists now too. You know, which uh, which is forcing us to redefine. You know, what a prime can be. Right, right. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, I I agree with that. Let's transition to the to the big artists because Justin, you you guys in, you in particular brought up um, a point about. You know the the kind of the asterisks of of Jay Z and and other artists, and we can go we could go the same thing with uh, with Ti and Lil Wayne and all these artists that when you would kind of summarize their window of prime, they they have these asterisks in them, and to me, that's that comes up with Cole and Kendrick a lot because the question to me is how do we judge artists like Cole and Kendrick that don't drop every year. Um, but put together uh, their a stretch of their best bodies of work, like Cole in particular. I mean, he drops three albums in four years with one that's kind of considered a dud in the middle. So, I mean, what do, what do we equate Jake? What are we gonna think Jake Cole's prime is? Are we gonna think it's? Are we gonna just say it's generally twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen when he when there's a two year wait in between and he drops a dud album and then there's another near two year wait. And then he drops, and then he drops another album that's critically claimed. Like, what do we, what are we gonna look at as his prime? You know, he's a very interesting case to me. I don't think he's reached his prime yet. And that could be also true. Um, Justin, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, I, I tend to think about. I tend to agree with that. I think we're if if he hasn't reached his prime yet, he's in it, and it's gonna be extended because yeah. <clears throat> uh, Forest Hills Drive is a classic. We, I guess we just have to say it now. It's affecting this <laughs> generation to the point where it's it's officially a classic. Yeah. Um, and KOD is going to be the album people come back to, and they're like, damn, it was hard. Yeah. Um, and he's doing a lot of the things now that he hasn't done these last two projects, which every artist has to do. He is talking to the media again. He's tweeting again. He's collaborating with other people. Yeah. yeah. He, He's doing those things, and that it, that tends to have a bigger impact than we generally think about when it comes to how albums or projects are received. When the media, when you have great relationships with the media, they will skew your music up. Mm-hmm. When you're talking to your fans on social, they will be more emphatic for you in defending and spreading your gospel. He used to be awesome at that, but then he got married and he started, you know, getting off on how he 
doesn't have to use other producers and feeling really good about doing everything in his house and no shots, no shade, but right. You know, but then he, and then he shows up and he sounds preachy. He's dissing everybody at first and he always has a diss track. It's kind of crazy, but <laughs> whatever. <clears throat> um, and so with what we're seeing now with the revenge of the dreamers project, this is going to be huge. Uh, yeah. We've seen him now, uh, the way he approached Middle Child. We saw him fire. F- we smashed. We saw him smash that Twenty One Savage feature, which is incredible. Fire, and yes. the, and the Rhapsody feature. First time he's rocked with Jamla. They're out of North Carolina and both on Rock Nation. They finally collaborating together. So he's pulling in other resources outside of his home team. And perhaps you know we look back and he was just setting up an infrastructure we didn't quite see yet. Um, but I think I agree with Don. If he's not in his prime now, he hasn't reached it because all he has to do is talk to people and then everything he puts out, people are going to love. I, I love Cole and I, I feel yeah, I, he's one of those artists where I feel like he there's something greater that he can tap into. Like I know it's there. And that's yeah. just that's probably just because I'm a fan, you know, although I didn't like uh, the one. the What's the album uh, for your eyes? For your only. eyes only, I, yeah. I, I didn't like that, but. Um, I like folding clothes. Did you, did you really? It's the one song I like. Oh man, I couldn't ha- I couldn't handle that song. I was, like, I was like, this is different. Different is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've been a fan, and and you know, I listen to uh, what is it? Friday Night Lights. Like, and it did. It took until like 20, 2014 Forest Hills Drive to like really get that feeling again. And so then, you know, the, the Friday Night Lights feeling. And so then I was just like, oh, wait, he can tap into that again? You know, like I thought he left that behind with the mixtape and was going to go on like his Born Sinner route and whatever he was doing there. So when I saw that he went back to that, I was like, okay. And, you know, and then I just feel like there's moments in like, there's even moments in For Your Eyes Only. The song, is it De- is it called Deja Vu? The one that has the same sample as the Bryson Tiller song? Yes. That thing goes so hard. Yeah. It goes so hard, and he pitches his voice down. He sounds like Tupac. It's ridiculous, and <laughs> and uh, you know, and then KOD. I mean, it has a little a few, a few moments that I feel like are a little too preachy and kind of corny. But overall, like once again, I'm like he's tapping into something. I just feel like he just needs to make an album that just hits it out of the park, and I think he can. Yeah, and right. you know he's 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 very interesting because because of that right like there there is that kind of untapped potential and yeah and that's why i believe that he is starting to enter his prime i'm i'm with you guys 100 percent on that but the 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 question i wonder you know is uh is do we just a just a quick round table discussion because to go back to what we talked about earlier mm-hmm. all three of us had in our in our uh in our conclusion of what makes a prime is like their best body of work has got to be involved in that so if 2014 do we agree 2014 forest Hills drive is his best body of work or do we think kod is his best body of work just a quick round table like justin what, what do you feel uh, for me kod um but i don't think that kod I, I don't think there's very many albums this decade that made an impact the way forest hills drive did so yeah. you know it's and, and his marketing was amazing when he did that i don't know if you guys remember like he would go to fans houses and play it for them and like he got like an entire sorry i didn't mean to cut you off by the way um 
But yeah, he had like this whole movement before this thing dropped. It was amazing. I, it's hard for me to say that he's put out anything else that's more impactful than that project. You know what I mean? So yeah, I yeah, definitely a- <laughs> I would say that that we're gonna have to include that as either the start of or yeah. Uh, the biggest one, and then he went on to run a project after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. So, so again, so I mean, do we have to kind of Cole is an artist that really makes me challenge the the original fundamental question: Do we have to look at it as a prime, or do we have to look at it as kind of just peaks and valley? Because you, not only is he, you know, dropping the the album that's for your eyes only that didn't receive a lot of uh, a lot of you know, critical acclaim, but also we talked about how inactive he was in the, in those years. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say like his prime is 2014 to now because there's like three years where he didn't really have much of an impact, you know? So it's, it, well, it, I look, it's tough. I don't, I don't personally look at prime as being, all right, everything you put out, like it, going on a consecutive streak. I don't look at it that way necessarily. I think mm-hmm. about it like a stock ticker, right? Or looking at, you know, the Dow Jones graph. You can still trend upward even if you take a dip, right? And that's what I look at. Right. And and one, I think two, Drake has redefined all this. Because Drake I don't think his albums really hold up in comparison to the greatest ever. I just don't. But no. I don't know if there's we've ever seen a longer stretch of hits of singles, of show-snatching features, of memes, of beefs, of someone who just raps about their life all the time. You know, I there's things I appreciate, appreciate about the art of yeah. uh, uh, MCing, being able to tell different stories, put yourself in different people's shoes. Drake shuns all of that. <laughs> Drake, is like, uh, Drake is like, here's who I went to lunch with. This is what my life is about, right? And that's what this—that's kind of what this era is, right? I mean, that's how you connect in a digital environment. You know, you share as much as you can, and you're as open as, and honest and vulnerable about your life. You wear your emotions on your sleeve, however you need to, and you never go away. And that's the Drake model. He just never goes away, right? And so. I think for Cole, someone who, in my view, needs to take time to craft his project, like someone who I don't, I don't believe is on performance enhancers. I don't think he has a huge team of writers helping him with hooks, choruses, and bridges. I'm pretty sure. Platinum with no features. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure he has less, I'm pretty sure he has less, uh, uh, reference tracks in his inbox than yeah. most people, you know, yeah. period. And Kendrick included, and that's no disrespect. That's just the nature of the where the industry is. I think that he doesn't, he does so much on his own that I don't look at Force Hills Drive as being not a part of his prime, even if it was impactful then. And yeah. it's, it's that sandwich it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's a that's a good point. I like I like about the the upward trajectory. You know, you can dip, but you're still generally on an upward projection. And I think I think that's a great way to look at it. You know, because because with with sports to to take it back to that analogy, it's a little more clear cut, right? Like usually when an artist has or sorry when an athlete has their their best uh, perf- years of performance. It, it's consecutive and it's very clear because they're healthy, they're physically at their best and all that. Whereas 
Whereas art is very, you know, there's there's a there's it's a lot fluid. of different elements. Yeah, it's fluid exactly. So so to so to me, yeah, I I think you with primes, you know, we kind of have to a little bit uh, generalize it because every artist we mentioned almost has. <laughs> an album in between that doesn't really reach the levels of the other albums. Yeah. Right? And it's, it's, it's also, yeah, it's also hard to deal with, 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 you know, I still see J Cole as young, you know, yeah. even though, you know, he's, he's like all around our age, I think. Um, he's gotta be like 32 right now. Yeah. yeah so it's so a couple, couple few years older than me. And, um, yeah, yeah like, like he, he still feels, feels young, young, you know, like, like when, when I, I listen to him, like, I feel like he's talking to me. You know, so I feel like he's still, still got, got some time. time. You, you know, know, I think a lot of, of it's easier, you know, to say it's, it's a lot easier to find primes, times, you know, retroactively, of course. You know, and I, I just, yeah. you know, I think we've been saying a couple times already that it feels like he's revving up, you know, so it's hard for me to call prime when someone feels like they're about to like rev up into an, and go into a new gear. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's let's transition to Drake then, because you brought up, Justin, a great point about Drake, about his bodies of work. You know, I often say, you know, he's he's going to be one of the the great the greatest, no matter how you slice it. But he's also when you look at his at his discography, it's going to be probably the weakest among all the all time greats you compare him to. And so with 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 that being such a central theme of uh, of of my quote unquote prime, you know, I'm struggling with Drake because, you know, to me, so far gone, take care, nothing was the same. These are his three best projects, and it's not even close after that. But then, but then, you know, you're looking at, you know, this summer with Scorpion, the the peak popularity, the Wait, dominating did... the charts, the MJ feature, like he got a feature from Michael Jackson, like it's oh, it's my. crazy, you know, it's it. It, he's at a he's at a point where he's so powerful and dominant globally um that that is just that is just insane so don don i didn't i didn't mean to i didn't mean to interrupt what you were saying there but i think no i was drake, interrupting you know, no my, my bad <laughs> with drake you know don where do we see his how how do we see his prime because he's he's a totally different artist you know yeah well drake is uh I probably next to Kanye. If you look at all my plays, it's definitely Drake. Uh, Drake on my on my Apple Music. Um, oh, so you must be torn right now with this beef. What'd you say? I said you must be torn right now with this beef. No, no, I'm not torn at all. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> not at all. But uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like whatever they can they can fight if they want. I'm just gonna listen to music. Um, <laughs> Unless I'm there though for whatever, if there's like another Pusha T thing, I'm there, and I love Pusha T, so it's hard. Sorry, Drake, but I just you know, it's like it's like when you watch Floyd Mayweather fight, like it doesn't matter who he's fighting, like you're gonna go for Floyd Mayweather. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but so going back to the albums, wait, did did you what did you say his first three were? Um. Well, to me, his top three are so far. Oh, gone. his top Take three. Care. Nothing was, just, was yeah, cause, the same. Because we all forget, we all skip over the first album because that didn't. Even yeah. I think he even said himself that that wasn't what he wanted it to be. So I think it's a big reason why that album didn't do that well. Yeah. Uh, but but Take Care is my favorite. Um, views. Ironically, Views is the one I've listened to the most. I think that's. In my opinion, which is not a popular opinion, Take Care and Views are his best projects. Whoa. A, a lot, you know, I know a lot of people don't like Views because it's so long, but I really liked the variety. You know, how we got, 
And I like that it was just so melodically based. And I feel like after that, we just get a lot of songs. You know, we get rapping Drake and we get singing Drake. And I feel like I don't, I want it all together. And Views like really put all of that together. And then like Scorpion comes out and I feel like it's just like, okay, he's like, I'm just going to rap on this song and I'm just going to sing on this song. And I'm like, but what made you great is doing it all both, like doing it all together, you know? Um, so that's that's just me. I've listened to everything a billion times. Uh, so my favorites in no particular order. No, actually, Take Care will always take number one. Take Care, Views, and uh, what's the mixtape? So Far Gone. No, sorry. The newer mixtape. If you're reading this, oh, it's too late. Oh, okay. That was good. The, that was a good project. Yeah. yeah. Those are my favorites. Regarding Peak, I mean, he's been doing this since 2010. It's two. Yeah. It's two thousand nineteen. Two thousand nine. So yeah, far gone. That's, it's about that's to be right. Ten years in February. He's had a ten year run. Yeah. It's it's monstrous. It's like he's LL Cool J or something. Seriously, <laughs> seriously. I love that, Justin. It doesn't stop. <laughs> it yeah. really is. It, it, like I feel like it speaks for itself. Like when you're talking about, like I'm just looking at his chart positions right now, and it's just like everything's just. Like trophy after trophy, you know. He's outsold Michael Jackson. Yeah, it's just that's crazy to me. That's the one that blew my mind. But you know, it's funny. I noticed it seems like Scorpion is one of the lower selling ones. Is it? I mean, it's got less time. <laughs> Give it some true. time. <laughs> true. That is true. That is true. It do- it does have less time. It's true. All, it's all like you know, we can rent any music we want all the time now since we just rent music. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, man. And you know, the other thing I, I think is he's the first international rapper to break America. You know, he's an international artist at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I, one question I ask myself when I think about Drake is, has he really evolved? Is he doing anything now? That he did wasn't already doing when he first showed up. Nope. I I do nope. have a real question about that. Like I don't I don't know if there's anything new. Nope. I think the production's just new. I think he's just doing Drake things over different styles, right? Yeah, but at the at a certain point, it's like, okay, how many times are you gonna like tell some poor girl what to do and why she can't walk into the kitchen and why she can't do like it's the same <laughs> type of lyrics every single time. And right. it and so the cool what I loved about Drake was when Take Care came out, you know, he's close to my age. That whole the way he was presenting things is super relatable. And as I've grown, I feel like I've gone past a lot of the things, like as far as the mentality of like what he puts out there. And I feel like he's still he's still that guy from Take Care, but just a little more you know, he's got the beard now and he's got the, you know, uh <laughs> If that makes sense. Now he's got gangsters. Now he's got right, gangsters. exactly. Now he's got goons beating people up at Pusha T-shows. Right. Right, he will, he will send him his homies. Right, send in the homies. He won't do it himself. He's going to send in the homies. Send the homies. Yeah. Take care of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think that part of it, too, is a little bit, and I don't care. I'm not going to judge. Maybe, maybe the man feels like he needs that. But it's just... It's different, you know, to grow up on, you know, the young guy uh, really kind of taking on the world and, and, you know, sort of like at the time, you know, Cuddy, too, was like starting 
uh, around the same time. And so you had Cuddy and you had Drake and they felt really similar. And then Drake Cuddy has like evolved into something else. He's definitely different from when he started. And Drake just feels like the same dude with different beats. Right. Right. And whatever flow the young rappers are rapping on. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He's a, he's very, I've, I've always said that about Drake is that he's, he's gotta be one of the most strategically brilliant artists because he, he always seems to have his hand in whatever is bubbling and rising as far as sounds go for the most part when it when something's about to be a dominant sound and part of it is he makes it that right by bringing it to the drake fan base or the drake stage but he also he also can recognize you know a lot of uh, when an when an artist is is developing a sound that's going to that's going to catch whether whether he accelerates it or not um, but it's going to be there like with with what a time to be alive you know i remember there was a narrative at the time when that came out that was like oh you know like this is this is so cool you know like drake's like bringing future to like the masses and that was and that to me was always a kind of a questionable take because future was i he was establishing his own self yeah he was huge but but it also looked at like drake wanted to come to that sound because that was a sound that was extremely popular and it that was that Drake wasn't really a part of at the moment. I didn't right? realize, so. yeah, I didn't realize how big Future was until it was the year it was before What a Time to Be Alive came out. Though and there was a there was a my friend told me he there was a free show in L.A. Um, it was just like one of those last minute things. Everyone's like Future's at this club. That place got so crowded. They had to send the cops there to shut it down, and there was tear gas and everything. Yep, that was what? at um, House of Blues. Yes, I was out there that day. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, yeah, I saw my buddy next morning. His eyes, he looked so tired. <laughs> the whole world showed up to future. I mean, yeah. he's another one of those guys who's one note and just mastered it, and it's magnificent, yeah. and he's awesome. I'm not sure if there's any difference in future projects anymore. Unless there's Drake no. on them. No, they're all yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, okay, let's let's kind of take a step back from Drake then, and let's let's apply it to the la- the last guy we haven't mentioned, the last of the big three of this of this generation, if you want to call it that, Kendrick Lamar. So again, he's a lot like Cole, where Drake is dropping every year. Cole and Kendrick kind of drop on usually like a two year cycle, sometimes even near three, like. It was 2012 to 2015. It was two and a half years before we got to Pimp a Butterfly um, after Good Kid. So uh, these are these are artists that take a longer approach. So again, with Kendrick, is it is it the it, it's a little bit easier to kind of say like his peak is from you know Good Kid, Mad City, or even Section 80 because that's a great project as well to to oh, now because 80. because he stayed yeah he stayed more active. And um, and he's and he hasn't had really a fall off project in mm-hmm. in that time, so um, so him he he's a little bit more clear to me. I mean, when we look back again, of course, with all of this, with Cole, Drake, Kendrick, like we're we're projecting here. We're kind of trying to predict the future, trying to see how these artists play out. But right. I mean, right now, would would you would you say just off of a gut feeling that? Is Ken, did Kendrick's prime kind of start in 2016 when he started to get hyperactive with features and uh, and Unleashed Dam, which you guys both think is his best project, or is it 
or is or do we consider it you know from section 80 slash good kid mad city to, I think to you, now i mean i think you gotta you gotta one you have to open yourself or anyone having this conversation should open themselves to overly dedicated as well oh i think it's fire yeah you can't forget how great that one is and fire. kendrick lamar ep i don't know but let's say we don't want to count i love that let's say we don't want to count those projects we can't forget that after to, to Pippa Butterfly, he released the Untitled Master. Untitled and Master. So that filled the blank in that year. And last year, which is this year, he was all over the Black Panther soundtrack, yep. which filled the blank in this year, which is up for a bunch of Grammy Awards. So I'm not sure he's taking breaks either. And he, yeah. he's taken, he's found a way to make it feel like he's releasing projects without having to carry the weight of those projects. Because Untitled and Master felt like jam sessions, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like something the roots would be would would do, right? So I'm not sure he's taking time off. Uh, he's in the middle of the greatest, one of the greatest, arguably the greatest run from an album standpoint in rap history. And yeah. I'm happy to go back to the Kendrick Lamar EP. And if we're not, I'm happy to start at Section 80. And if we're not, I'm happy to start at Good Kid. Whatever metrics you want to put out there, right? He hasn't missed. No, he hasn't. He's only hanging around with Kanye's first five and Outkast's first five. There's only people he's hanging out with. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody else. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if I think his whole career is a prime. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah. He's getting, he's getting close to that point where you have to think about him on a nine year run, also, the way you think about Drake. Now, Drake was definitely charts much earlier, but Drake <clears throat> came in with heftier cosigns out the gate. Yeah. And Drake is a much as talented as he is. That whole Cash Money camp is a co-writing camp, and so he's co-writing with Lil Wayne. He's co-writing with Nicki Minaj. He's co-writing with everyone that's coming through there. So, right so in a in a LeBron James kind of way, <laughs> there's a lot of performance enhancers hanging out over there. So, <laughs> I'm not I'm not uh, uh, I, I I think that Kendrick has only we've only known Kendrick in prime. Because <laughs> at any yeah. point we've heard him, it felt like his prime. And then every time he came out after that, he surpassed that. Yeah. I don't think that guy's ever going to drop a bad album. It's it's like I believe I believe Kanye is never going to drop a bad album. Not because he not because talent doesn't diminish, but I just feel like their art their artists and Kendrick is especially one of those artists is like not going to let it happen. Like if he made a whack project, it's not coming out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think. I think with with Kendrick, you know, and he's he's interesting too because he's he's always evolved. So it really is like I remember, you know, listening to Good Kid, Mad City, and just being in love with or Section Eighty first. I'll start there, like, and being in love with that project, and just thinking, oh man, like he. Then he comes to Good Kid, Mad City, and he sounds almost like a totally different rapper. Like he's. You know, he, he like it's very polished, it's very clean, he's got different styles and all all this stuff. And then to Pippa Butterfly comes out and he's messing with all these voices and stuff and now it's like, okay, vocally he can do more than he's ever done before. And then you go to and then you go to damn and you know, and then you listen to the features and all all these new vocal inflections, you know, you can do all 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 these crazy all these crazy things and and it's really just like it, it it's weird it's it's weird to kind of judge Kendrick's prime because it's like it seems like with every project it's a milestone and it's a new evolution Kendrick and it's just as good or better 
Kendrick does something different too that a lot of artists I don't think any artist does right now. He he, cre- he creates worlds with his albums and yes. It's you know, I'm from I'm from LA, so hearing when Good Kid came out like that, it just felt like, you know, he's talking about streets that I practically grew up on or family grew up on and and like I'm seeing not only his story but I'm seeing my story. You know what I mean? Even though I didn't grow up in Compton, but you know, I have family that grew up in Compton and my parents from my dad's from the projects and all this stuff. So, so hearing uh, just the story about LA life and the way he told the story, it was nothing. NWA didn't do that. Dr. Dre didn't do that. You know, Kendrick did it in a real special way. And I think that's a big reason why people love his project so much. Cause it isn't just dope music. It is. If you just want to just appreciate music, just the sound sonically, like you can do that. But if we're also talking about just the whole body and talking about the fact that he literally once you put those headphones on and if you kind of give yourself to the music, you straight up are transported to another world. And that's something that nobody's doing right now. I can't think of anybody who's doing that. I mean, it's a big Lupe yeah. fiasco thing, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, Jorgos, Jorgos Wave is all about, it's like the Iliad of rap albums. Word. Tetsu it's incredible. Like that. The cool is like- I need to check it out. I haven't heard it yet. But yeah, his whole catalog is kind of in that yeah. vein. Um, and you can make an argument that there are certain, out, there's some outcastic albums. Southern Playlistic feels a lot like that. But you're right. I mean, you can also follow his albums basically song for song. One thing I am most impressed, I'm most impressed about when it comes to the way Kendrick approaches more than just albums, it's more than just just Kendrick it's really TDE as a house you know like those guys have amazing engineers and they also do a great job of yeah. uh, having every artist stand on their own as an artist but with Kendrick the sheer degree of difficulty that he goes for with each project it's not easy for a new artist first album artist to be able to tell a whole story like the kid Mad city to tell a whole story in a day it's not easy to Take a risk on your second project and go woke. When you go woke, you go broke. You know what I mean? Like word, yeah, for real. And he went and asked Lupe, and he did that instrumental. I mean, not instrumental. He did that with um, analog. So that was an ex- yeah. super expensive album uh, <laughs> at the same time, and it was something that needed to be said. So there was a message on it, and still got revered. He went with Damn, went to the pop well and didn't come out pop you know what i mean like he found a way to make trap songs that make you want to be a better person you know what i'm saying like 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 it's that's just a degree of difficulty that i don't think i've seen out of j cole nor drake i pretty much know what to expect from both of them when both of them show up and depending on how i feel about them at the time generally dictates how happy i am to hear them as opposed to you know uh, Kendrick, because every time Kendrick shows up, I'm curious. I'm legit yeah. curious what he's going to be on. Right. Curious about what Drake's going to sound like, even though no. I'm curious to what Drake's going to say. I'm not generally curious about what J Cole's going to sound like. I'm just more curious about what he's going to say, because these are two artists with tremendous voices who say impactful things that affect people all over the world, and that's why that's where my respect generally lives for them. Mm-hmm. With Kendrick is what's he gonna say and how's he gonna say it? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> That's not an easy you can, thing. 
Exactly. You can even apply that to his features too, right? Like when you hear, like when you know he's going to be on a track and you're listening to even a feature, you're just like, okay, how's he going to come on this? Like, how how is he going to attack this this song? Right. It, it's really with him. It's a it's a level of versatility that I really think is is pretty much unmatched, and but, that's what. Well, go ahead, Don. Uh, I was just gonna say, best feature he's done in a long time is that Rich the Kid new Freezer. That that shit is so dope. Yeah, that one's hard. That's the one I don't like. That's crazy that you oh, guys man. say that. And I think he repurp he repurposed some of it for Black Panther. Yeah, for Big Shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one part where Kendrick's going to have to step it up, man. He's going to have to become a, just a, a track snatcher. The only track I feel yeah. like he snatched was Control. Like, that's yeah. the only one I've really got. Maybe fucking Problems. When when No More Parties... Yeah, you know, he, you know, fucking Problems is good. I remember when No More Parties came out, I was like, oh, Kendrick's doing his thing. And I, like, knew it. I knew Kanye was going to body him on it. Just because Kendrick just came with such a different energy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He kind of was just like, I'm being, you know, he's got that cool flow talking about, you know, women and this and this and that. And Kanye comes out talking about, I'm going to be the best. <laughs> you know, it's just, right. it, it was just like two different moods going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Kanye, I mean, but Kanye, you know, at his peak, he was snatching tracks too. Right. And he knows yeah. how to, you know, make sure that he's not going to come in last. Yeah, track, exactly. You know? That's think, true. I think Kendrick he gets a little too nuanced in his features. Uh, he does. Yeah. yeah, I would say that. Yeah, he does. It almost seems like he tries to like fit the album more. Tries to put some. Tries to put some to pimp a butterfly in your little Pablo sessions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Kendrick can go on, if Kendrick can go on a streak the next five years and just snatch every main track and just have crazy features and every time he jumps on something with someone else, he's making their song his song, which is in my opinion, a big reason why Drake is as big as he is now, because even if his albums were so-so, he was always doing that. If Kendrick could ever get to that point, then it's, it'll never matter. It, then he's already the, I mean, then it'll be, without question, he's the greatest, right? Because he, does, he doesn't have to make another classic for the rest of his career. He already has more than Jay-Z. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's true. Sheesh. More than Biggie. <laughs> you know, he's got, he's a, he, he doesn't have to do a whole lot Right. Let's say I'm, I'm not sure what his contract is uh, with Interscope right now. I think it was a six album deal. Right. So let's say it was a six album deal or, or five album deal. Probably you got Good Kid. You got T-Pap. You got Untitled Master. You, you got uh, Damn. So what do you have after that? What? You, maybe you get one more than the greatest hits and you're out. You know, I don't know where where uh, um, Black Panther soundtrack falls. Is that a Kendrick album or is that, you know? Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> but either yeah. way, but you know, but contractually, think about that, right? He probably has one more legit album he has to put out. Jeez, under this contract, and then he put out a freaking his hits, which is what everyone lands on. And then how paid is TDE going to be? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to everything. He's going to he's going to get ninety percent of everything forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. They'll get their masters back. It'll be a wrap. So, I mean. The run, the road forward could be something we've never ever seen before, but it has to, in my opinion, at some point, involve him being the guy that everyone is scared to have on their song, but know they have to have him on their song. He's also the artist that everyone's scared of too, like Drake, Big Sean, throwing these like throwing these like little s- subliminal shots, and it's like I, think, I don't think Drake is scared of. You don't think Drake's scared of Kendrick? 
Drake went to Compton, this Kendrick on a game track in Drake's neighborhood. I mean, in, in Kendrick's neighborhood. <laughs> I'd have all your fans if I stayed on some conscious Stayed shit. on some conscious shit. In Compton <laughs> with bloods all around him. No, I don't think Drake is scared. I would not say that. Mm. I, I don't think Drake I, is scared of anyone. Know. You know. Push a T. <laughs> Drake is giving Kanye hell right now. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, and and I think I think with that, it, it, in the sense of you know, and then you have the Big Sean situation, and I think it's just funny though that it's felt like one, and I'm not really like big on like inciting beef. We need to we need to uh, support ourselves, support each other as black people. But but aside from that, I think that there's something there's like a very interesting Cold War about it. You know, oh, what I mean? yeah. like compared to like other artists, like Pusha T and Drake, like they've always been throwing shots that were clearly directed at each other. And then with the whole like Kendrick thing and Big Sean, it, like it's kind of just like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you know who I'm talking Maybe. about, but yeah. I'm not going to like say it too loud, uh, you know, and, 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 and because it's just it feels like if that were to like pop off, like you got something different going on, you know, yeah. that'd be interesting. Yeah, it would be. It would be, man. Um, Kendrick is an artist who I think, you know, his prime is going to be something that is historic. I mean, it's already the nine year run, like like Justin said, is already historic with what he's with what he's done. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't I really can't wait to see where it goes. And when we finally step back, when when these three artists are done, what we kind of what we kind of see as 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 their peak Mm -hmm. um but listen guys this has been a fantastic conversation i've loved every second of it um you know this is this is something to me that is has really been gnawing at me for two years if i'm if i'm really being honest with you this whole this whole idea so i'm glad to be able to kind of talk this out and, and and figure and figure this out um Don, I want to thank you for coming on. I'll let you plug yourself first. Um, Don, where can they check out all your content? Yeah, you can find me uh, on YouTube, The Most Unruly. Uh, people, you probably know me for all my Kanye videos. I also talk about other, <laughs> I talk about other things, too. I also have, uh, if you go to All Deaf Music, I've had an ongoing collaboration with them, different videos about different artists. And, uh, yeah, uh, you can find everything you need to find at themostunruly.com if you get confused as to which channel to go to. So... Uh, yeah, right. that's me. All right, man, check them out. And Justin, as as well, man, thank you. This is a this is a pod that I've really wanted to do, and you're a guest that I've really wanted to have on this podcast for a long time. I've been shouting you out in multiple episodes. My listeners, my listeners, if they didn't know you before, which I don't know how they knew me and not you, they definitely knew you through my content. So thank you for coming out. Where where can they find where the, can they find you? Man, I really appreciate that, man. You can just follow me at the Company Man on everything. Make sure you stay tuned to the Empire YouTube channel, the Above All YouTube channel. The whole Empire team is putting out really, really incredible content. So check that out. And Broja for Heads, we just launched a streaming service where we have licensed content from some of uh, our favorite content creators, adding more every week. You can find all that information on my, all my platforms, on social, on YouTube. It's everywhere now. Uh, we just launched it two weeks ago. We're really excited about it. And any content that I drop, we'll preview there a few days early so you get a chance to get a sneak peek. Check me out on All Out Show with Rude Jude every Tuesday. Rude Jude is the illest. And uh, I think that is about it. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you can check out my content on uh, the Company Man channel 
on YouTube, man. This was really, really dope, man. I had a great conversation, great time conversating uh, with you two fellas, man. Um, and actually, you know what? It's my favorite thing about rap and hip hop is the lyrics. I'm a words guy, you know. I, I like the fact that the words are the instrument and hip hop always gives me something to think about. And that's how I feel at the, as we wrap up this podcast, you know. Word. For, I think for all three of us, we really only sell, pers- you know, we really only sell perspective. It's yep. only as valuable as our ability to expand ours, man. So I thank both of you guys for expanding my perspective today. No, man. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for everything, man. Thanks, Chris, for having us. Thanks, Justin, for being here. No problem, guys. And shout out to Ru- Rujud, man, because he's always shouting out Royce and Layers. So I just got to give him respect because Royce is one of my favorite artists. So right. I always got to I got to shout him out. But yeah, guys, thank you for coming on. This was awesome. You guys provided great insight. Um, I'm glad I'm glad that we were finally able to make this collaboration happen. And I definitely want to hear more from you guys on the podcast in the future. So um, yeah, so I, I hope to I hope to hear that. All right. Man. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, take care.